2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Greg. So we're continuing on and we're in 2 Corinthians 6 now. So we're we're pressing pretty far into this letter to the church in Corinth. And another very poetic, um, beautiful passage here. And, you know, Paul has, has said in yesterday's passage that we regard no one according to the flesh anymore. And today he really kind of unpacks that, you know, in, in this, he, he lists first sort of the hardships and things that they face. And then there's this sort of like hardship yet ultimate truth thing that he outlines towards the end. So, you know, um, as imposters yet true, as unknown yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live. And so sort of things that are labeled onto Paul and his little ministry posse and what he actually, they actually know to be true of themselves in the life and riches of Christ. So what are your thoughts on um, this dense passage that ends with this warm invitation to the Corinthians? I mean, I think you, you know, you, you kind of highlighted the duality mm-hmm. that he's kind of saying about like, this is how we may be regarded and this is what is true of us. And I think we talked yesterday about sort of the city of Atlanta and city of Corinth being very mm-hmm. similar. And I think that in a, in, in a city like Atlanta in a time like today, it is very easy to get caught up maybe in the first half of the duality. Mm. Um, you know, the, the way that he talks about, um, uh, you know, as dying and behold, we live as punished yet not killed as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing yet possessing everything like that. It is the tendency of the sinful heart. It is the tendency of the individual to, to not want to um, have nothing, mm-hmm. right? The nothing yeah. that Paul has is he's you know, traveling around and making tents and the, the average Corinthian regards him as having nothing, but Paul sees that he has everything. And I think that, um, 
it's because he's able to focus um, on what who he is in Christ and what it is that 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 walking with God provides. He's able to stay focused on the eternal questions, mm-hmm. and I think that it is so easy for us to turn our eyes down to the the everyday questions. You don't mm-hmm. want to you you know you you don't want to be considered dying while well you know having having a hope in a life ahead. You want to have your hope in your life now. Yeah, and I think for me, what this highlights is especially like. At the beginning of your day, I know that I wake up, like I, my emails, there's already a billion of them in the yeah. inbox and I start looking through them and I'm already onto my day. And even at the, the very start, I've forgotten the fact that none of this stuff is ultimately where my identity is found and where, um, where I should find hope or where I should ultimately find meaning. And that uh, Paul reminds us that you know, you're, how you're regarded on earth is not nearly as important as what you're doing in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's like, that list is just so awesome. All the things that he's been through that he regards as, as ways to commend himself. Um, whereas today people would not commend themselves with beatings or imprisonments. Paul views that as a way to, to show um, who he is in Christ, which I think is, is wonderful. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, like commending yourself feels a little, uh, prickly maybe to our sensibilities like it yeah. might feel like arrogant um which it's it's clearly not but there's like this radical clear it's like a radically clear conscience that Paul carries that I think we ought to like see and in like a righteous way maybe be like a little envious of it's like mm-hmm. uh, like can I do I purify my motives so much and, and like surrender my motives so much to the leading of the Holy Spirit that I could actually, you know, wholesale con- commend my ministry to other mm-hmm. people? And that's that's a that's a very convicting question. And you know, to that point of conviction, I think verse twelve is a very very rich and potent um, allegation that he lovingly brings you're not restricted by us but you are restricted in your own affections Mm -hmm. you know it reminds me of the the c.s lewis like boy at the sea sort of um the it's a famous image from his essay the weight of glory um where it's it's not that our affections are too strong but it's that we're too easily satisfied Mm um and that that is such a or, or sorry, it, it is that our affections, we we are restricted by our affections, mm-hmm. um, but we're too easily satisfied by these lesser things. And that that is such a great question of, you know, we're quick to shift blame in our, in our sin and the things that we're caught in. And yet, where are we restricted in our own affections? Anna, do you have any, any thoughts on that sort of like how that plays out in our lives? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think it was Augustine who said, you know, that sin is really wrongly ordered loves, right? Mm. It's not the things that the things that you love are bad in themselves. It's that you you love them too much. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, if you if you ever just sit down to ponder for a second, the things that you desire maybe on a day to day basis, and you just try to compare them to who God is, um, I think that they they quickly pale. And I think that the sort of the C.S. Lewis idea that yeah, like we are too easily satisfied. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about the things most people are, through time have wanted, power, money, sex, et cetera, right? 
can, if you really know who God is, if you've really encountered the living God, mm-hmm. right? If the Holy Spirit lives inside you, is there any amount of money or power or sex that could ever possibly compare to the fullness and perfection mm-hmm. that he brings to you? Mm-hmm. There isn't when you really think about it. Yeah. But the thing is, is you accept something counterfeit because it's easy and you let it satisfy you as opposed to desiring the fullness of who God is going for the real thing. You want something a little less counterfeit. You want intimacy with God. So you substitute with intimacy for a person, right? Um, you, all these things are your affections limit you. And I love the way that he says, like, he doesn't say like change your affections. Um, he says, widen your heart. Gosh, it's so good. Like why your heart gets bigger, widen your heart towards God. And then these things, um, I can't think of the name of the hymn. Um, well, it's it's a turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yeah. Look full in his wonderful face mm-hmm. and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory, glory and grace. And it's like yeah. Paul saying, if you just widen your heart to perceive God, your affections totally. will fix themselves. You totally. know? Yeah. I think that that is, that is such a great word that our, our affections, our desires, um, Christianity is not a religion that teaches that like the death of the, the, sorry, the death of desire. Right. But it's a, it's a religion that actually teaches the fulfillment of our desires. And and I think that that language of widening your hearts is, is so good. It's like you said, he's not saying like, you're wanting all the wrong things. Like you're, you know, you're an idiot. You should like look over here, but it's actually saying your, your affections are restricting you and you need to like open yourselves up. And you know, there's a Psalm, um, that I can't remember what number it is, but it, it always pops in my mind in random times. But you know, he says, open your mouth and I will fill it. Mm. And that's the invitation of God. Open yeah. your mouth, widen your heart. And you know, the, when you look to the Lord in dependence and in faith, he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And, um, you know, Psalm 34 would be a great place to, to meditate and rest, uh, like coming out of this passage that the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who wait for the Lord lack no good thing amen so great word today in second corinthians 6 and we're going to continue on in the same chapter tomorrow so for greg conley this is will carlisle we hope to see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.